Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. Victor Davis Hanson states, The woke agenda is the most left-wing revolutionary group of people in power since 1933 and have hidden themselves within the Democratic Party, though they should not be considered the Democratic Party of old. Therefore, they must get 70 to 75% of the people to vote by mail-in ballots because mail-in votes are more easily manipulated and because they do not have the majority of the living voting population, nor can they get it if all living citizens of America vote in person. Now you listen to a bold statement like this from a renowned classicist military historian and political commentator, and it makes an impression. Is this the opinion of just one man, or is one man sharing a tradition that history is warning us about, a story to beware of? However one might see this, the desire to push it aside, to leave it for another day, another discussion, another time, is really quite natural, because it requires us on either side to move into something that is really quite uncomfortable, which is discussing things in life that we really, truly believe in. People find it much more fun to discuss things with people who agree with them because they do not have to argue why they believe, staying neatly inside the lines of what people can clearly see and touch and control, where individual opinion trumps all. Yet it is precisely here that a man's heart and a man's reason come in conflict. Following what is popular, what is part of the in-crowd, what is the current fad, a person must concede his ability to choose. He must give in. A belief in something transcendent, something outside of yourself, something beyond our own ego requires perseverance and work. And without perseverance and the work that accompanies it, the virtues are lost. I mean, isn't prudence without perseverance just one good idea among many? Isn't temperance without perseverance just a moment and and not a life of self-control? Isn't justice without perseverance just an idea without legs? Isn't courage without perseverance just wishful thinking? Perseverance and work require time as long as it takes to fester out and clearly see the lines of sight required to complete the task ahead, and the time required to understand where these lines must pivot, where one must improvise, as well as where a man must never give ground. Perseverance and work require a relentless effort towards these goals with this purpose in mind. A man should never work with just a fancy for being at work like a man standing about a batting cage yet never steps inside the netting, or like the one who enters the weight room and never moves the iron. These are the worthless pursuits that men claim as time on task, as if being at the racetrack helps you soak up all the luck left over by the many bets which have failed there. Never venturing outside your comfort zone, never working with someone who does not always agree with you. A man needs neither work nor perseverance. Yet it is primarily working with those whom we do not agree with that we discover Christ hiding within them, waiting for us to discover him there. St. Alphonsus Lacourie writes, If then we wish to persevere and be saved, for no one can be saved without perseverance, we must pray continually. 
Our perseverance depends not on one grace, but on a thousand helps which we hope to obtain from God during our whole lives, that we may be preserved in His grace. Now to this chain of graces, a chain of prayers on our part must correspond. Without these prayers, God ordinarily does not grant His graces. If we neglect to pray and thus break the chain of prayers, the chain of graces shall also be broken and we shall lose the grace of perseverance. Quote. When men no longer believe in something transcendent, something greater than themselves, they become obsessed with their own piety. They become woke. Men who have spent their whole lives within the ivory halls whose ultimate quest is only power and an education that encompasses their thoughts alone, as opposed to the sense of grateful wonder in God's divine presence in creation, which animates everything a man attempts to do. I once knew a man named George who became a preacher, and then he discovered that the man whom we call Christ was actually God who became man. This astonishing fact changed his life, his family, his church, and countless men and women over the course of his life whom he came in contact with. He was a man who became someone with whom the world was not worthy, and he challenged all who came about him to do likewise, because he could discuss the uncomfortable things about life that lie between the heart of a man and man's reason. And like watching the most skilled athlete perform the most difficult task with grace and rhythm, work and perseverance were in the toolbox God gave him. We read in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews about the ancients who both worked and persevered in this sense of great wonder in God's presence. This Hall of Fame outline in saying, of them the world was not worthy. Why would we not choose to be like these kinds of men, men with whom the world was not worthy? So do the real work that has purpose because it is the kind of work that requires perseverance. And if you're going to put all that you have into something transcendent, something greater than yourself, place it all upon the one whom we call Christ, who has the power to make all things work together for good. You know, one man studies and writes a book, we gain one man's opinion. However, tradition is written by an entire village of authors who have lived that life. Men love the anthems, ballads, promises, and declarations of fidelity to himself and his understandings. But this fidelity tends to splinter when the storm clouds gather and the echoes from that immortal hearse begin to rumble in the distance. Because learning from our past is a very difficult thing to do. Bishop Barron writes, if we stubbornly say that we will accept only what we can clearly see and touch and control, we wouldn't know much about reality. There is, in most areas of life, a play between knowing and believing. It is not unique to the religious sphere of life. Blaise Pascal summed it up, the heart has its reasons that reason knows not. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Bobiscum. <laughs>